What's up, guys? Cody and Matt here. Fourth base podcast number 14. We uh, have not recorded since, uh, I believe, January 25th because there's pretty much been nothing going on. Uh, until the last couple weeks here, we got uh, the big free agent signings everybody was waiting on has finally happened. Manny Machado to the Padres and Bryce Harper to the Phillies. I did not see the Padres coming with Machado. I didn't either. It's kind of it's interesting. It's I don't I don't know why they paid Hosmer all that money. I think that's what people were wondering last year, and they don't know. We always talk about are you in win now mode or not? What it, I mean, you don't sign a guy like that. Maybe they're maybe they want him to be there when they are in win now mode. Maybe that's the whole point. That's what Is I was there, they're say. not paying him for next year. <clears throat> or this coming year, they're paying him for two or three years down the line, and that's what everybody says. You know, the Padres are going to be good in two or three years. Yeah, but I just – I don't understand. Like, I agree 100%. Like, I think that, you know, you've got Machado. He's obviously coming into his prime now. Um, he's going to be there when your young guys are coming up and the Padres have a very good farm system. Um, but It's kind of neat in that division, though, that they, they, they haven't really given up and they're in the same division as the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks, I think, are going to be way down this year. Well, And the Rockies, we'll talk about Arenado in a few minutes or whatever, but the Rockies, I think, you know, have the potential to be a better team. So it's, the, the, the fact that somebody's stepping up to the plate, they're willing to pay that amount of money, they want to be good. Like I just said, it may not be now. It may be a, like a, you know, we want him to, we want him to be the, here when, you know, we are good. So. Yeah. And he will be. I mean, they're – I don't know that they're going to be, you know, fighting for the division this year. I mean, it's possible, but I I don't know why Hosmer goes there under the contract that they signed him for. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know that they thought they had a chance for Machado this year like they did. Because I mean, they weren't. We weren't even talking about them the whole season. They they weren't brought up one time. No. Um, but he'll definitely be there for when those guys come up. I mean, but the Hosmer wise. I, I get it that he's like, you know, a hardworking like clubhouse guy, but I don't understand you paying him that kind of money to be that because the on field production I don't think matches that. But you'll you'll have both those guys there for a long time. Now of course Machado, he's got what, the opt out after five years? So I mean if things I guess in his from his standpoint, if things aren't shaping up how he wants in five years, he could hit free agent a free agency again. He'd be thirty one years old, so I mean it's not like He's past his prime. If that's the case, he should be still mashing the ball, still playing really good defense. He'll be on the tail end of, of that massive production, and I don't think that he'll get, you know, yeah, he's not going to yeah. have the average salary. Right now it's sitting at $30 million. Right. I don't think he'll get that, but at that point, maybe maybe priorities change. Like at that point, he'd be 31 years old. If he still hasn't won a championship at 31, he's already made, what, $150 million basically? Maybe if he wanted to go back to a team like the yeah. Dodgers, they so maybe, would pay him $27, 28000000 million a year, and he's on a playoff contender. That, that maybe, could change. Yeah, it could. But, I mean, I don't, see, I don't see any way of him getting more money after that opt-out than what he's getting right now. There's just no way that's going to happen, especially if free agency continues to go the way that it, it went this year. We had to wait how freaking long to see these two sign finally? It's like nobody wants – they're not just handing out – these big 10-year deals anymore they're really sitting down and, and they both out went to is. different teams yeah so it's, it's which is re- big yeah it, i mean we're already you know into spring training and these guys just show up 
Yeah. So, I mean, and they're getting paid all this money. So they haven't really developed any kind of a rapport in their clubhouse with anybody yet. So, I mean, Bryce Harper is trying to say all the right things. I haven't heard much about what Machado has said, but I'm sure he's trying to say all the right things. I think Machado's best move is just keep his mouth shut for the most part. and Just produce. Yeah, and don't put his foot in his mouth again like he did. I did one of the funniest things I saw about the Machado signing was, like I was telling you to follow Trevor Bauer on Twitter, he posted a big thing about it saying that uh, he was happy that Machado went to the NL because he's destroyed Bauer. I, I think the numbers – I think – uh, it was actually I was listening to Starting Nine, um, and they did an interview with him and Tre- uh, Mike Clevenger on there. And Bauer said that Machado's slugging against him was like over two thousand, <laughs> like wow. stupid numbers. So he was super pleased that he won't have to face Machado like yeah. he did. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a bold signing for the Padres. I think it's it's kind of I see in the NL West kind of what you're seeing in the NL East a little bit too, and I guess now you can even say the NL Central with. It's kind of interesting. Machado is kind of, you know, he played for Baltimore for so long, and they were never really relevant, even with him there. So he kind of, he gets to go to a place that's really nice. San Diego, I'm sure, is very nice. There is expectation, but the expectation is really only on him to produce something worthy of his $30 a year. The expectation's not on the team. It's not, you know, they they don't expect to win now, like we said. I don't think that they're, they're... their ownership thinks that they're a playoff contender right away. No, but it, I think it might be nice for Machado to go somewhere where the weather's nice. Not too much is expected of him, other than to produce enough to verify, you know, validate well, he's what got, he's getting paid. I don't and, know. Without us sitting down and like digging super deep into like the Padres farm system and all that, you there's there's not many guys that you're hearing about that are coming up like, in the next year that are going to, you know, change the face of the organization. Those guys are coming up in the next you, – usually you're thinking with a, with a deal like this, two to three years. Yeah. So he's got a couple years to get self – like, you know, completely situated, comfortable, and then the expectations are going to go up when these young guys come up. But then at the same time, that's going to be a little bit of pressure off him too because there's going to be a lot of new new guys getting followed and stuff like that. So at that point, he'll be more relied on as like the the veteran. At the, really, at that point, exactly. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's a lot of similarities. I think from all the NL divisions, like some teams are coming up where they were a little bit surprising, and now the other teams are scrambling. Like when you look at what the Padres are doing, they're trying to keep up with the Dodgers and the Rockies. Same thing in the NL with when the Phillies signed in Harper and the moves that everyone's made in the NL East because the Braves weren't supposed to win the division last year. Yeah, let's go over that. Let's go over the Harper signing. 13 I, years, $330 million. No, Like you said, you said no opt-out clause. You, you have a couple stats here, 2024. So, yeah, so he's on. got he's got a full no-trade clause, but he has no opt-out. So he's there. He's going to – I mean, unless he goes somewhere where he wants to go – He's in Philly unless they decide to trade him. So his average uh, annual val or uh, like for years twenty five point three, which just so we can get those numbers out of the way, that's the lowest of him, Arenado, and Machado. Machado's averaging thirty million a year, and Arenado will be getting thirty two and a half a year. So I was actually like surprised at at the length with being thirteen years and that amount because we thought he was going to get. He could have got ten years, three hundred million from the Nationals right off the bat, but it'll be twenty six million a year for twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty eight, and then it actually drops his last three seasons 
uh, for down to twenty two million, but he'll make thirty million this year, like ten million salary and a twenty million signing bonus. So I mean, it's not like it's going to bankrupt them by any means. Right. But I'm just concerned with signing a such a streaky player like that for such a long-term deal because of that streaky nature of him. And, like, we've discussed this with with fantasy baseball and everything like that. You're going to get, like, two months out of Harper where he's going to mash the ball, light the world on fire, but then he's prone to have a four-month span where he's striking out a lot, the power numbers aren't there, He's getting frustrated. You see him spiking his helmet and shit like that. And then all of a sudden he'll get hot again for a month. That's that's the the concern for me. And like I'm I'm no I don't want to sound jaded like as a Braves fan because like we discussed earlier this week, um if I've got to get Harper or Machado in my division, I'd rather see Harper than Machado. It also helps that Harper's already been in the division. Right. And I don't have any memories of him just wrecking our season or going on fire and destroying us. Machado to me is the more the more steady one of the two. Like his lows aren't going to be as low as Harper's. His highs probably not going to be as high as Harper's is either, but I'm going to get more consistency out of him and on top of that he's playing a premium position. Right. So we talked about that earlier. We talked about players that fill a role where it kind of helps their war that they're that much better than other players at that position mm-hmm. or position like third base. We keep talking about there are so many good players in the last three years at third base. It's one of the strongest you know, power positions now. It's, it's, it's a tough defensive position, but we talked about the big three as like center field, shortstop, and third base is what I think of, you know, catcher's important, yeah, obviously defensively and all that. But when you talk about like the, the heart of the defense up the middle – those are the th- three usually most athletic players, best defensive players on your team are going to fill you know that that role. So Machado can play either one of those. He could play short if you need him to. He has a cannon. He's always had a cannon at third. So you know he he's just he adds more value at a position where there's a lot of better top end players right now. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I don't. I've never been on, like, the Harper hype train. I just – it's because of, of the inconsistency. Like, I understand, like, why baseball has focused on him. Like, everybody's always talked about Harper and Trout. And I'm pretty sure we've discussed this on a podcast before, too, already. But Trout doesn't want the limelight. He's just not going to be that guy that's going to go out and and put his face out in commercials and stuff like that. Harper's a very – like, he's got a lot of perseverance. Like, he's very – he just he goes to that like he's got like the you know his hair yeah. that flaps back and shit like that the eye black all over his face like he's easier to market than Trout is Trout just keeps his head down and just continues to get better and better and better and that's the craziest shit about it is when do we get to see Mike Trout's peak because he continues to get better and better and better every year imagine what he's going to get i mean he's been hands down and it's it's real weird in baseball because in a lot of other sports there's an argument like you know if lebron's not the best player in the league like who is that year you know is lebron not the the best player in the league anymore because of you know harden or westbrook or like paul george this year or like you know different players steph curry durant 
There's but, no conversation. In yeah, baseball. in baseball, it's been like that for four years now, where Mike Trout is far and away the number one player in baseball, and that's pitching. That's you know that's over war over it all doesn't these matter. all these numbers support that he is the the best player. He has speed. He has power. He plays center field, uh, premium defensive position. Like he's just in. Even in a even a down year, like I think he had a down year last year. He was injured, like yeah. wrist injury or something. Yeah, but he's, it was a down still, year for him. Yeah, right. And he, like I Finished said, he's second in the MVP. Yes, and he's led the American League in on base percentage for four years in a row now. So the, the guy, I mean, he. I can't wait to see his contract. But like that's yeah, I don't want to get sidetracked and start talking about Trout when we're talking about Harper. True, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, I, it's it, just, there's in every you know fantasy draft, it's been that way for the last four years. It's Trout number one. Don't even think about it. I just I don't know that I don't know that Harper Harper to the Phillies doesn't make me think that oh the Phillies are going to win the division. Like they've made other moves, you know, with trading for Real Muto. They trained traded for Segura. Um, they signed what we say Robertson. I know we're probably missing a couple. They got McCutcheon in the outfield. Right, They've I already said that the Braves still will have a better offense, and I'm not impressed by their staff outside of you know Nola. Nola's an ace. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong there, but I'm I'm not too impressed with who they have two through five or whatever. I don't yeah. think that scares. Oh, nobody's anybody. nobody's pitching staff competes with the Nationals, right? And nobody and, like, and nobody's scared of like Jake Arrieta anymore. Like, no. it's really, like, I don't know who, who they have. That's I mean, they have a bunch of guys that are okay outside of NOLA. Could you imagine, like, if I would have told you, you know, even before this season or the year before, like, the Nationals are going to lose Bryce Harper in free agency, and I don't think it's going to affect their ability to win the division. Would you have, like, looked at me like I was crazy? I think mean, about yeah, that. a little bit. Like, I still, like, I'm a... I'm a diehard Braves fan. But it comes, and I love it comes the Braves, back to, I mean, well, I, I don't know. There's all these questions I have about this. So Bryce Harper, he didn't want more money per year. So he, he said the whole time pretty much, and apparently from what he said after it, he wanted more years. He wanted yeah. more stability, but somehow 10 years in Washington is not state. That's not stable enough. He needed more than 10 years somewhere. Well, I mean, I think, and I don't, I don't play baseball professionally, and I don't know that much about, um, like the media in in Philadelphia or anything like that. But, but what about the contract? How did that work with the Nationals? Did he just have till whenever he wanted till before the season to decide? You know, hey, well, I'll, I'll come back to this initial offer because I heard we, it was it was still on the table. Yeah, we right? had heard it was on the table, right. and we heard that they were moving on, right. and then we heard that it was still on the table, and he was talking to him like it was all all that was all back and forth. Same thing with Machado. It was. Well, he's going to sign here. Well, he's gonna, we're just waiting on him to sign here. Um, all that was going on, but I don't know. I think for him, you know, he got – I mean, it's not a bad deal, like, by any means. Like, when you look at the other guys, yeah, it's less money, but he knows he's got a contract for the rest of his career, basically. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to be able to play past that, but regardless, he's got he's got a contract the rest of, of his – of his life till he could retire after that and be completely fine. Yeah. He's making 25, $25 million a year. And that's not even including his sponsorships and all that other stuff that he does. So, I mean, it's a good, it's a good move for him. I think that, I mean, just naturally, I think that the media presence in Philadelphia is probably a little bit easier to deal with than like being in the DC area. I would imagine just oh, by the focal point only there. Because the Phillies haven't been great. The Eagles fans are known for being, yeah, but you're talking like Philly in general. Yeah, you're talking football for, to baseball. Though. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't necessarily like correlate. 
Yeah, I don't think they come and like boo the uh, the baseball team. Yeah, it's not going to be like playing in like New York or something like that, which I think is also like we were discussing a smart move for Machado because. Yeah, you're in San Diego. You get all the luxuries of California, but yeah. you're not playing in Los Angeles where you're expected under, to win. Yeah, under that much more of a limelight. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that like potentially it could really, really do well for the Phillies. And I mean, like short term, I don't think that long term over that entire deal. And what I said earlier was wrong. If it was backloaded, it would be really bad. But the last three years of his year or his career or that contract, sorry, is going to drop down to twenty two million. So even if you know if an injury happens, or like that's my biggest concern with Harper with a deal this long is obviously injury concerns because he's had some some just strange little injuries yeah. like where he stepped on the base wrong and messed his knee up for two months um, or however long it was. He's a streaky hitter, and I don't I don't know that his career can continue to go the way that it has gone from a mental standpoint. Like everybody says baseball is so mental and it's a grind. It's a long season. You got to make adjustments constantly. What's happening to him where he's going on these long spells. That, that's what I was just spells. thinking about. Why, why so, this has to be happening for a reason, because to be worth this much money, you provide a lot apparently because someone's willing to pay you and give you a contract for this long. So like, there's a reason like your numbers have been good, but if you, but your numbers but, are good because of those two great months. But you're you're known for being streaky, and it's kind of and if it's mental, like what's going on? So Maybe this uh, this is my concern with that. Like I have a I have two concerns. One's more major, I think, than the other. Like the more minor concern is what if what if if these these streaky these just months of being. No, not like a below average hitter. Basically, is what he is at those times. Right, hitting like two hundred. What if those start to take a toll mentally and then it's a lot harder to get to those two really good months? But my other question is what happens if, like, let's say next year he doesn't start off hot and he's got his his two or three down months at the beginning of the year? That's going to be a big focal point. He's like, oh, great, we signed him for 13 years, great. But then what happens if when he starts to get hot, what happens if he takes a 100-mile-per-hour fastball off his wrist? And he he doesn't break it. He's going to keep playing. But then he's got that nagging wrist injury. Or what if he slides head first because he's prone to do that yeah. and he, he jams his shoulder. And then now where he's supposed to be getting hot and you're supposed to be getting, you know, a bulk of those 30-plus home runs in a two-month span, what happens when he's got that nagging injury and now all of a sudden you're getting four home runs one month and four – and he's now That's hitting. kind of a minor thing. It's kind of interesting to see because, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a bit wild, I guess, is what they, they yeah. want to say about him. So – in a new a new place, new team, I think he's gonna to try to be more aggressive to come off as you know, you may see him in a, you know, two one game in the bottom of the eighth slide into second base head first because, you know, yeah. he's he, you may see him take more risks maybe to look good to, you know, the, the, the new the new family or the new team. Yeah, like trying to go a little above and beyond. Right, right. And that, you know, yeah. and, and, and that stuff like you said, he's you know, nobody there's only so many times you can have freak injuries to where it's just freaky. And it seems like it, it may just be the way he plays a little bit to where, like I think of last year that when he like, he stepped real weird on the and base, on the base and he was, it looked like I, it, it was it, the year before I think it was like his knee. Right. So it looked really yeah. painful and it looked bad, but like, and he was out for a little while, but like, I, but I it was know. one of those injuries too, where it's like, it's not was like it really that random. And it's freaky? not like he, 
See, the, the injuries that I don't mind so much are the injuries where it's like, all right, he did this, he's going to be out for this amount of time, and then he's back. That was one of those injuries where it's like, all right, he's going to try to run today. Oh, he couldn't run because he was in pain. And then it's like, you have no idea, like, especially from, like, and I'm not talking, like, from a baseball standpoint, like, from a fantasy standpoint, that affects you because it's like, am I going to lose this guy for most of the season? Right. Or do I just need to hold it together for, like, you know, a couple a couple weeks or whatever till he's back? So, like, that, I think Chris Bryant was a lot that way last year with his shoulder. Like, if he was on a team that wasn't trying to be competitive, especially with the Brewers and the division race, like, they probably would have shut him yeah, down. Yeah, they would have shut him down. They would have shut him down. They would have tried to get much out of him, you know, but they were trying to make and a playoff push, that's I That's a difficult so. spot to be in, too, because it's Chris Bryant. You can't just – you're not going to just drop him and be like, well, his power numbers are down, so he's right. worthless. So you, what so you, you lose think, power, but right, you get a better so you, What you think of, if you're the Cubs, is 80% of Chris Bryant is better than, you know, 100% of most other people. Yeah. So – yeah, I don't know, man. Like, the Harper thing, I just – I think that – I think it was a smart move for Philly to make. They're, they've got some young guys too. But the thing – the other thing, like, back to Real Muto, they gave up some some big pieces to get Real Muto too, and that could potentially only be for two years. Like, I really – I really was hoping the Braves would do something with Real Muto, but I'm telling you right now, for the risk – and I'm not saying that they can't re-sign him. They, this could be the big thing that they need to get themselves back to, like, prominence year after year. But – you gave up a lot for Real Muto, and you could potentially only have him for two years. I could not, I would not be comfortable parting ways with Ozzy Albies, at least another, you know, four years, five years of him doing what he's doing. And I don't know that he's going to keep hitting 20 home runs like he did, but you're going to get right. above average pop, good defense. And then we would have had to give up one of our young pitchers but, that could but potentially. But he's only going to get better. I mean, I. Who, I Real Muto or Albies? Albies. So why? Yeah, why and get Real rid of him Muto, now? you're risking. A hard position on the body. It's a catcher. So automatically, like right there, if you were to trade for, you know, a Machado or a Harper, you're going to get every day. I mean, yeah, you're going to get your rest days, but you're going to get how many games out of them as opposed to a catcher where they're they're going to take that every fifth day off to rest. Yeah. So you're, you're giving up a lot. And I understand that it's a premium position, like not premium position, but like catchers are hard. Offensive catchers are hard to come by, but I don't. This deal potentially, like what I said to you when I texted you earlier this week, that I would rather have that deal in place and the moves the Phillies have made than for them to get their hands on Machado. This could all... It's this, interesting, too, because like you said about Real Muto, you're in the National League, so you I don't know who their backup catcher is, but I've never heard if you know Real Muto can play first on an off day to man. where you still get his bat in the lineup. Uh, they're not in the American League, so you can't DH him. Like it's, they might change that though. Yeah. There's some rule changes that we didn't even get into that we'll uh, talk about whenever we uh, that could take be true. But break, like you but so you said, you're you're not going to get 150 plus games no. of him at catcher. It's just, I'm happy it's we not... didn't. I'm happy we didn't make that deal. I think that the Phillies obviously had to make some moves because of how how much further the Braves were ahead of of where they were supposed to be. But like I and I want to make this bonnet clear, diehard Braves fan. But I think that the Braves could. I mean, potentially we could be third or fourth in the division this year, with depending on like the Mets made a lot of moves. The Mets. But I mean that's the thing. It's <laughs> it's the Mets. So you know you never know what could happen there. But the Phillies, they definitely they added to their team. The Nationals with getting Corbin and the stuff that they did, even though they lost Harper, you know you've got some young guys coming up that are right there. Like Soto's already here. Uh, Key Boom should be here. Um, the other outfielder, um, oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Victor Robles, like he should be 
right there this yeah, year too. Finally. So I mean, like, it's gonna be a lot of competition in the East, and that's the thing. Like with the you know the West with the Padres coming up, the Rockies with the you know showing that they want to play. The Nationals are only not going to make the playoffs. Maybe one more year. They're obviously they weren't happy with what happened no. last year, and obviously they're that's that's going to change. So. And I think, long, honestly, long-term, I think that this was a very smart move for the Nationals to not sign Harper. I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like Braves I hate credit, Harper. Though. You have to give the Braves credit, though, because on a down year for the Nationals and the Phillies were there, but maybe they're not there yet. Um, they obviously don't think they are because of the moves they've made, but the the Braves took advantage. They took advantage of a team that was you know one or two years away from being pretty good, and they took advantage a year early and – that's, I mean, but I think, like you said, it's going to be different this year. It's yeah, gonna, there's, gonna be, for the Braves yeah, to win gonna, the division, they're going to have to, like, obviously Acuna's going to have to play like he played last year, except better, and not get hurt. Donaldson's going to um, have to mash. Donaldson is going to have to mash. I, I think it's fully it's fully feasible for that to happen. Like, I, our lineup is probably going to be, I said, I don't know, like, it's either going to be Acuna, and then Donaldson, and then Freeman. And then probably Marcakis, or it's going to be Enciarte, Donaldson, Freeman, Acuna, and then Marcakis. Either way, like I don't think that Acuna's hot streak was tied to the leadoff position. I think it was tied to the, the mechanical changes that were made. But what's going to have to like really step up is our pitching staff. Like we've got young guys that are going to have to come up and and get consistent. Like Fulte's already there. He could t- if he could take a step up and really go up to like ace caliber. I'm not saying win the Cy Young, yeah. but finally prove like that he's not just the ace of the staff, but he's one of you know the top even like ten pitchers in the NL. Like okay. if that can happen, and we've got to get more consistency out of Newcomb, and then these young guys have to come up and they have to stay healthy. We've got a lot of injuries, and I've already seen Soroka was shut down for another shoulder, some sort of little shoulder injury, and that's what shut him down last year. A uh, mentor came out of the game, but they said that he was in a car accident or something. It's not like, not like because of pitching like yeah, that. Like he was just okay. sore from that or something. Weird. But we've got a lot of we've got a lot of question marks in the area where the rest of the division is suddenly extremely extremely strong. Like just when you're looking at just the pitching staffs, like the Phillies, yeah, they've got Nola and they've got Arietta. I would still like Arietta is still Arietta. You know, he's not. Cubs Arietta, but he's still yeah, a solid like guy a, to have. Yeah. He's like a less, but he's like a two or a three. You look at the Nationals with Corbin, Scherzer, and Strasburg, and then they sign Anibal Sanchez, which isn't an ace, but he's a solid. Like he was our number two pitcher in the playoffs last year for the Braves. Like it could be, it's going to be a really fun division to watch. Not just because of being a Braves fan, but to be a baseball fan in general, because you've got a lot of young teams that are are right on the cusp of becoming really good. And like, like I was saying about the Nationals, they've got, you know, all the all the young guys we just named. Why tie up $330 million in 13 years of Harper when you've got all the guys you've got coming up and you're not going to have to deal with that? You can put some of that money towards Soto if he's going to be this hitter that he's supposed to be. He's going to be worth more money than that and a better, more consistent hitter than Harper is. He could already be there. So why tie that money up in Harper when you've got so many guys coming up? And that's the thing, too, is like, yeah, they didn't win the division last year, so they don't have those expectations. So even if this year, if they don't win the division and they miss the the postseason again, what's going to happen next year when all these young guys are really coming into their own? And they've got all that money on the table. Like, what if they do something like the Braves did? And they've got, you know, that's $26 million that they're not giving to Harper. 
What if they sign, you know, like a Dallas Keuchel for one year, $25 million, and he pitches really well, and that's the one guy that they need yeah, to, to make him. it to the post. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a lot of variables that they have open now because they didn't pay Harper what they paid him. So, I mean, the only thing we really didn't uh, discuss with uh, Harper Machado that I did want to kind of talk about just because I thought it was interesting was who did you who'd you pick uh, Harper to go to? Did you pick the Phillies? No, I thought he'd go back to the Nationals. That's what I, I thought. thought. Yeah. Yeah, so I did. I did pick the Phillies. I think we did. I don't think I really ever thought he was going back to the Nationals, especially with them waffling back and forth saying the deal was still on the table and whatnot. Um I don't think that either of us had Machado going to the Padres. No. I had originally thought pretty much like as soon as the, the season ended, I thought that Machado was going to the White Sox. And then we didn't really hear much about – like the White Sox were always in it, but they weren't really at the forefront. I thought for sure he was going to the Yankees no, they for gave like a solid month. Yeah, the White I Sox thought, gave uh, yeah. a Machado. But that was, that was later on, like after yeah. the Yankees. Like it was pretty much like back when we were doing more regular podcasts and like wrapping up the postseason and everything and we got through all that. We pretty much, like I said, White Sox, and then the one podcast we did, it was like Machado's going to the Yankees. All we're basically doing right now is waiting on that deal to get done, and then nothing happened. Then it was like mystery team, mystery team, mystery yeah. team. And then it's like, oh, it's the Padres and Dodgers. And then it's like, oh, he's with the Padres. Never saw that coming. I thought for sure it was going to be the White Sox. But it's just funny. Like I generally don't see – I don't remember the last time I saw two big-name guys like that leave teams. And then that, of course, is followed up with uh, Nolan Arenado signing a hell of a deal yeah. with the Rockies. I was very surprised that they uh, they locked it up like right now. Usually that stuff doesn't happen like right now. It's usually closer to the season or, you know, end of the season. You usually you see like right now. Too, yeah. yeah. So he signs eight-year, $260 million extension. He has a full no-trade clause. And he has an opt out after his third year. Out of out of these deals, this to me was the best deal for any of them. Like they all got paid, they've all got you know good deals that work out for him. But Arenado's deal is phenomenal, and it, I think he's the best of the three. I know. Yeah, and he's been doing it. Yeah, like averaging what 40, 40 home runs, uh, one hundred twenty six RBIs yeah. since twenty fifteen. That's stupid. You're not gonna get production like that. Like I'm sorry. I, out of Machado, I don't see him getting there. And even if he does get there, Arenado is going to be four years ahead of the of him doing that, and he's going to continue to do it for at least you know the next four to five years. Um, I don't really know that that opt out is going to be worth it for him. So how interesting is it that all of the other minor? Well, if you want to call everything else minor, I don't consider like Patrick Corbin of the Nationals minor, but no. even so, all of these big-time deals are going to the National League teams. Yeah, It's like, we talked in... Didn't Hosmer get signed by the Padres last year? Yeah. So, the, like, the two, I mean, really two of the biggest, I guess you can't say the biggest deal now with Harper and Arenado signing, but two of the biggest deals that have been made the last two years in the offseason have been by the Padres. But you said that a little bit earlier, was that the National League is going to be competitive in a lot of divisions Very competitive. Again. And that's what I remember from last year, was that that's all we were tracking was the National the League AL race. was done. The AL was done. It was the second wild card, and then Seattle eventually fell apart, and it was yeah. Oakland. The last, I think so, it was literally the last month of the season, we weren't even covering the AL. The only thing we were covering was... Like, I mean, what we knew, the Red Sox were winning the division. The right. only thing we were monitoring with that was sale. That was it, was the the 
the um, status of sales. Yeah, the Yankees short. had some some hope. Not really in the last. But we knew three they were going to make it. Season. We knew right. they were going to exactly. make it, so we weren't. It wasn't even a discussion. The Indians we had, locked up their division like right after the All Star break. Yeah, the Indians much. were in, no doubt about that. And Houston. Yeah, and Houston was. I mean, there was no competition except for uh, Seattle and Oakland. Oakland and but the everybody court. knew that Oakland Oakland is not as good of a team as Houston. You knew Houston would eventually start no. to separate themselves no. and. In the NL, and it all happened. It all happened pretty much according to plan, and we knew what was going to happen. You know, a month ahead of time, before the season even ended, we had no clue how the NL was completely different. The NL Central, the NL East, the NL West, the were... East. If I remember correctly, and I could be wrong because we smoke and drink while we do this a lot, um, but that's beside the point. Um, the Braves pretty much had the division. I think I want to say like by you know by about a month left in the season. It could have gone wrong, but it didn't, and it pretty much just stayed consistent. The Dodgers and Rockies, we were talking about that. And like, Arizona. Yeah, and Arizona. It was like, dude, like there was one week where the because we had it written up on the board, all three of them had changed. Like the all three teams had flip flopped. So you didn't know what was going to happen with those three, and then and in the Central, the Cardinals came on real strong at the end of the year, and it was pretty much the Cubs. Cubs and, the, and Brewers. And the Brewers. And the Brewers just stayed hot and didn't fall off. Like I kind of ex- I expected the yeah. Cubs to make that resurgence at the end of the season. And then it could at that point I was kind of expecting the Brewers to be like, oh, kind of shaken because they're a younger team. And then the Cardinals jump right back in. But now you've got like it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the NL. Like the Rockies, they've got so many like they've got a phenomenal pitching staff that somehow has figured out how to pitch even in Colorado. And that's something I feel like needs to be addressed. If you're gonna like knock a hitter nonstop for pitching in Coors Field, then you've got to give credit to these guys like Freeland and uh, uh, Jermon Marquez or whatever his name yeah, is. Like, yeah. you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt then for pitching half their games in Colorado too. And you've got to give them more credit than I'm not saying like more than a Scherzer. The bullpen but you know too. What I'm they've saying? had they've had a couple pretty good closers yeah, the last two or three years too. Yeah, and that's kind of rough. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to like kill them. They've got such a good starting staff that that bullpen should be. The problem with that team is the offense outside of Arenado and Story. They have a lot of like they have a lot of replacement level players. Yeah, you still get you're still going to get good production out of Blackman. uh, Black yeah, Blackman Uh, outside of yeah, but he was hurt like yeah, not last year, but he was hurt some last year. But the year before that, he was he was supposed to be you know up and coming outfielder, and he was hurt pretty much the whole year. So they don't. They, I mean, you're not going to get much out of Desmond. They have a lot of guys who are just okay. I mean, Story is great. So is Arenado's. You know, MVP caliber player every yeah. year. It's just a matter of time till he wins one. I don't know, man. Like that division to me, like the uh, the NL East is obviously interesting. It's my division, but it's just a bunch of young guys, and you just get to see how the teams evolve with. The NL West, it's like I don't know what's going to happen. Like the, I feel like the Rockies, they've got some young guys. They they obviously have got some good players, like you said in Story and Arenado, really good pitching staff. But it's like there's a lot of variables past that. So it's like what's going to happen? Or some if if they get a stud or two that comes up out of the farm system, then they're taking over the division. But at the same time, like the Dodgers, could you imagine how much more deadly that Dodgers lineup would be if they had signed Machado? Imagine if they sign him instead of the Padres. Then it's just like, all right, we're going to see the Dodgers continue to win the division and in the, the potential the, World Series. Yeah, again. potential yeah. World Series 
every year for the next how many years because you've added Machado to tell me that doesn't make Cody Bellinger's growing pains a lot easier to to take. That gives you more time to rest Seager. That gives you a guy that can spell Seager at shortstop, and you'll still have a phenomenal player at shortstop as well. Like, it just, everything. That's a huge question mark for yeah. this year is, is the health of, of Seager when he comes yeah. back. Well, that's something we had discussed too because if they sign him, then where does Turner play? Machado's going to have to play short. So then, you know, like, it's just, there's a lot of variables there, but it's it's a really interesting division to watch. And then you see, like, I think obviously the Diamondbacks take a step back with them getting rid of Goldschmidt, but and Pollock, they're, yeah, and well, they lost Pollock too. But I mean, if they could get some sort of uh, and Corbin, kind of, yeah, let's just keep going. Let's just let's just uh, <laughs> let's just shit on the Diamondbacks right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't see how they are going to be able to compete with with the Dodgers and the Rockies this year. And then what if the Padres? Don't they have Tatis Jr.? Is it? Does he play for the Padres? Yes. yes. What position does he play? Outfield? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was outfield. So if he comes up and mashes, like, I don't think that his ceiling is, like, as high as Vlad Jr.'s. But if he comes up and mashes this year, like. Are we finally going to get to see that dude play professional baseball this year? Vlad Jr.? Yeah. I mean, they'll wait till like, April like the Braves did with Acuna. <laughs> like, that's the thing, too, man. Like, something I wanted to discuss was, like, this whole thing of waiting, like, three months to sign is horseshit. Like, they've got to fix the arbitration shit. Like, you can't have a guy. If they want to fix these contracts, like the Bobby Bonilla, did you see that thing on Twitter that Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid yes. after Bryce Harper yes. has his contract ends? If you want to fix that, you've got to stop preventing guys from getting paid early in their career. Like, I mean, and I think we've discussed this before, but it's not like you're getting their best six years or arbitration. You're going to get the first year, which will usually be above average. The second year, they'll struggle. The Third year comes back, is, four, five, and six are them getting into their peak production. The disappointing thing is, is that no other, you know, no no other sport tries to do that. They don't yeah. hold their their potential. If you're, you know, in basketball, they finally changed the rule to where you have to go one year, but it's not even really a whole year because you play basketball and you know you come into the 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 fall semester play basketball until what march or whatever and then you're in the nba draft a couple months after that so you're not even talking you're talking six months maybe and then you're going to play they, there's no other sport that holds back potential superstars and they're professionals they're in triple a they're yeah. in double a whatever and so they're still pros these aren't like you know college players yeah. or they're already pros and you can't and do anything yeah and you're holding them back from you know but it's Your not like level. so. There, there are a couple, a couple like issues like that I have. I don't want to just like complain about it and say like the one thing is obviously these terrible contracts that these guys are getting. You can prevent that because these guys will be getting paid better at the forefront of their career instead of the backside. Football where had the same problem. Injuries. Football had the but, same problem because they had guys that you know uh, the last player that did it was Sam Bradford, the quarterback. He came out of Oklahoma. He won the Heisman. And he got like fifty million guaranteed, and the guy had never played a down of professional football yeah. in the NFL. It's like and he's already the highest played person on his on his team because he, you know to get a first round draft to get a number one overall draft pick, your team has to be awful. So you're already the highest paid player on your team, and you've never played a down. And they're before. building they're building that team around you. They're drafting you with that purpose. You're going to be the star of that team. Unless you don't perform. That's it. That's the only thing you – and I'm not saying that there's not a lot to it. 
You have to perform, and as long as you do that, they're going to continue to build this team around you. And even if it doesn't work out with that team and you're still performing, then you've got the ability to go and sign a fucking mega deal with a really good team or that team that's right there on the cusp of winning, and you can do that. Baseball, you can't do that. Like Kyler Murray, for example, if you had an option to play football or baseball, what are you going to do? Like he might be better at baseball in the long run, but what? Are you, how are you going to weigh that against getting guaranteed money from the NFL right now? He or, was a first-round pick. Or you wait until you could potentially not get paid what you're really wanting until after the first six years of your career. And like not only that, that also then affects like their development. Because look at Vlad Jr. You're going to tell me that it's better for his development to stay in AAA than it is to go to the major leagues? There's no way. Because what he's done is now, and, like, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen because everything that I've read about this guy is he's going to be the best hitter we've ever seen. But what if if staying in AAA that whole year, and you're, it's the game's got to be easy to him at this point because he's just destroying the ball. Then what happens when you go to the major leagues? Now you've got a full season of him making adjustments when you could have already had him up in the big leagues last year doing that. And I'm not saying call him up in April. Call him up after the All-Star break. Like, give your team time to see if you're going to win or not. It's clearly not the case. It was never the case. So what, Call what him division up, let him is start he in? playing. What division does he play in? The American League East. So you can't tell me there's no value in bringing this dude up early to see the likes of the pitching in the AL East. If I can get him five at-bats against a Chris Sale last year, that's more valuable to me than, than him, him getting 20 at-bats against a triple-A bat. Yes. Like, you could have already had him progressing to where he could be. You're getting some of the growing pains out when it doesn't matter. You're not winning the division. I mean, for that matter, they're not winning the division this year. But you could have had that adjustment time. So now what you're also doing is this year, you're making it the same thing that the Braves did with Acuna last year. You're making him play in AAA for the first month of the season until April comes. And then... That one month got you one extra year of contractual. We control. just talked That's about bullshit. one of the most important parts of baseball is the preseason. People get hyped about baseball coming into the season. So you have nothing to get hyped about if you're the Blue Jays other than the fact that, oh, we can wait until a month into the season where we're already in last place till our mm-hmm. best our potential best player makes his debut. And you're talking like we're we're at the point in baseball right now, like where I'm the more and more stuff I read, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing the word strike again, which isn't good for baseball at all. That's terrible. Um, That's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. And you're talking about changing the game to make the game more exciting and all this. Like you're the the objective is to put put butts in the seats. That's what you want to do. So if you're not a competitive team like the Blue Jays, they weren't competitive last year at all. You're fucking your fan base over now because I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to Toronto to a baseball game and giving them any of my money. When I could be paying the same price for that ticket and watching one of the best hitters ever from the beginning of his career. Like I would I would like to watch him and even if he strikes out five times in that game and commits three errors, then I can say, Oh, I remember watching his sixth game where he played terrible and I now remember his eighteenth year where he's hit nine hundred home runs. Like you're not putting people in the seats. Because you'd rather have that extra year of contractual control that I don't think that they should have anyway. No. If you're going to keep it that way, then do it for two or three years. That way you can see if a guy's going to develop. But then at that point, you got to pay him. The only thing these teams are, they're only hurting themselves. And like you said, you, you, can, you can deal with none of these contracts we really you know looked at 
previously are all that bad. They're not going to kill baseball no. like you know Stanton's contract was supposed to no. when that happened. None of none of this stuff. And even in you know going into the off season, that's what we would hear was. Harper and Machado were going to get paid some ridiculous amount of money. And, and we it, it called turns out that is did. one thing. And we, it turns out they did, but they but all But we got, called they were not going to get It was going to be closer to $300 million, yeah. not $400 million, like people were getting crazy with right after the season started. And they're all super long-term, yeah. so that none of this kills baseball. So why not try to, you know, you're only hurting yourself. Rework the system of how arbitration and how keeping a guy, you know, under control, how all that stuff works to where – there, it, it's it's advantageous to get them up to the highest level yeah. as soon as possible. But that's the thing. Like the thing that's irritating about it is the sole reason they don't do that is because they get you know that extra year of control. It costs them less money in the long run. But like this is my question: is what are you doing to those players? What if you're a player and you get signed to a team? Like they draft you, you sign to them. What if they're just not good at developing you? And you're stuck with that team for six years. Wouldn't that be more beneficial if you could just be like, hey, like things aren't really working out here. I'm not seeing results. I've gotten like I've backtracked. Like I don't like this. I want to go play for this guy. Yeah, I don't want to. And for I the go, yeah, anymore. like I want to go and I want to work with a different pitching staff. Like it would have been the the Braves in the '90s would have been a, a perfect example. Like if a, if you're a struggling pitcher and you're in your third year, you still got to wait three years before you can go sign with another team, and you're not going to be able to go say, hey. I know I'm not that good, but can you trade me to the Braves? I want to work with their pitching staff. You could just be like, I'm not going to sign with you. I want to go work with the Braves pitching staff. They get good results. I'm familiar with this coach. I've worked with him before. And then you can go there. And what if that guy all of a sudden goes and has a really good career, whereas you're sitting there for the first six years of your career thinking, I suck, like this isn't going to work out, and you never end up making it. You know, you could you could see more benefits out of these guys if you're giving them opportunities and not locking them on the same team, and it could be a shitty situation for six years. And the other thing, too, is I laugh because I was super pissed off at the White Sox last year for fantasy purposes because they never played Jimenez. Now, I'm not saying it would have it would have changed anything, but what if the White Sox would have called up Jimenez at, like, let's say right before the All-Star break and started him in, you know, June, let him play out that season, and he mashes 30 home runs in that span. No, you're not going to win the division, but do you think that would have made – made that signing there a little bit more uh, appeasing to or appealing to uh, Machado? Right. There's there's no – with the way the draft works in baseball, there's no advantage to tanking that much. No. You know, in, in different sports, you know, in basketball you get a higher chance at the lottery. In football you get a higher draft You could draft one player that could change the face of exactly. your organization for the right. next yeah. 10 and years. Whether, you're, whether you have the fourth like pick that. or the first pick, like that's kind of a big difference. But baseball is not like that. So you shouldn't make your – there's no strategic advantage to Except making your team worse. Except for money. And not to save yourselves your money yes. in the long run. And, like, that's what irritates and me. control. That's what irritates me more than anything else is you're putting the the owner's pocketbook. That's the priority over the player's development and well-being and wanting to actually put more more seats in the stands. And the fans, yeah. Or more fans in the stands. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, that's just – it doesn't make sense to me, and they've got, they've got to change it. There's just no way around it, period. Yeah, so it's. I, I mean, I don't. And I'm see, happy that the White Sox fuck themselves by doing that. Yeah, there's there's not much advantage to anybody but you know team ownership. Yeah, but there's uh the only other uh only other signing. I mean, really, I think that 
I mean, I don't even really know if it's like that big of a deal. Was uh, Mustakas signed again with the Brewers? That's that's a but deep, why yeah. why can he not get a multi year deal? He's thirty years old. He signed what? The last two years have been one year deals. Yeah, and he's only making ten million. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to offer like someone like Mustakas, like that everybody in that clubhouse fucking loves to death? Wouldn't he be worth like a three year deal? Even if you're signing him for ten and twelve and fourteen million, that's not going to kill your organization. I would think so. It's not that hard to find a third baseman. No, but I mean, these last couple of years, though, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, that's true too. But I mean, I just don't. I don't know. Like with so many variables and stuff, you know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, it's, it's going to start to decline a little bit. But I mean, you're still getting a like left hand, a lot of left handed power. Didn't he just he set the Royals team record for home runs? Didn't he? Didn't he hit like forty plus? Probably. Yeah, yeah, like a few years ago. Yeah, like and he's good power. And then we've still got we still got Kimbrell and Keichel on the uh So they got him what last year at the trade deadline, right? Who Mustakas or was no, it I think the year they before? Signed him. They they got him they the year signed before him they signed him for one year deal and then they signed him again. Okay. But So uh, they, I mean he he made him a better team. Yeah. That was a playoff team. That was a pretty I don't know, they could have gone deep. Good, good veteran leadership. Yeah. I don't know, I just I don't understand why some of these guys just are not getting paid at all, like any tenure whatsoever, except for all these bad contracts. And it's like you guys have done McCutcheon. this to yourself. Like fix this shit. Well, I, the first thing I think of is what three years, fifty some million, 50, yeah. fifty-one million to McCutcheon, like yeah. like seventeen a year. Well, like I said, like with that, I mean, yeah, his production's not what it used to be. You're still getting at this point, you know, right there, just above average player, but you're also getting a really good clubhouse guy, like for them, like PR wise. Where'd he where'd he grow up and become a star at? Philly? Pittsburgh. Okay. Like oh, that's, yeah, right there. Uh, you signed him to the same same state. I mean, I don't even know ge- like geographically how. Yeah, close he had they his are. best years. He won an yeah, MVP. But you've in, already in got right? you've already got someone that that's set up in this area to be you know part like not the face of your organization. That's obviously Harper, but you've got a, a good veteran guy that's got roots there. He's gonna continue. He's, he'll probably produce better there than if he would have signed he'll, somewhere he'll, else. I was just thinking that he'll be in a better lineup. Yeah, maybe, maybe for that'll sure. help his production. And he doesn't. He's moved on from being the man to like adjusting to after that. Now he's fresh with a new team where he doesn't have to live up to any of those expectations. He can just be a role player, an above average role player on a on a really solid Phillies team. Hopefully for their sake. Yeah, it's real weird seeing the Giants too not being very good. Like who and knows what the Giants? As are I thought be. they were they were the other team that they were talking about signing Harper. Was the Giants? It's like why? Like you've got you guys have so much money committed to old players the next couple years that it's like how much longer are you going to get production out of Posey? Is he even catching now? Are they moving him to first base full permanently? I don't think permanently, but he's didn't he he's just played have a surgery? heavy amount of well, maybe the yeah in the off season, but he's yeah. played a heavy amount of first base. There and and that's great, you know. At least they they can have his bat in the lineup. Every if day. the Twins were smart, they would have done that with Mauer years before they did because he was, you know, hitting three hundred like close to what four hundred there a couple times. Like if they would have gotten him out from behind the plate, tweaked his swing a little bit, just to even if his average dipped a little bit. You're still going to get 300, and he could have been hitting 25, 30 home runs. But they just kept him behind the plate, and it killed him. Like, and I think that's why you're going to see, like, you're seeing a lot more now. And I think some of it is, yes, that catchers just aren't hitting well at all. Um, but I think that's why you're seeing the platoons and stuff like that, too, because I think that it works from a health standpoint. You know, you're catching every, like, three games with two off or two games a game off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just depends on how it works out. 
but you're keeping guys fresher. Like that's why, like I think it was two years ago, um, Flowers and Suzuki were the highest combined batting average of any catchers in baseball. Like that, I would have never guessed that. And like that actually blew me away when I read that. And it's like you're keeping guys fresh. You're playing some of the matchups and stuff like that too. But then also from like a defensive standpoint, like what if you've got, and I'll just use those two for an example. What if you've got like Suzuki and you've got Flowers and Flowers works really well or like really well I was just with thinking that, yeah. pitcher A, B, and C and Suzuki is has a really good repertoire with like D and E, you know what I'm saying? Like then you can also play that. You've got your pitcher in a more comfortable spot. And, and you, whatever they that know guy each pitches, other better. whatever that guy pitches, you play that. Yeah, catcher. it's got to be easier to do that and have one guy focused on three guys than one guy focused on four and one guy focused on the other. And then even from that point with the way bullpens are going now, you could have that guy that only catches two pitchers be your late inning guy that when you need to make that adjustment, you can bring you know, him in to catch your closer or him to catch your setup guy in your closer. Like, it just adds a little bit of a different dynamic. But I think that – I think we'll continue to see that because look at what Posey would have done if he wouldn't have been catching. Like, his numbers – I mean, you'll never know, but his numbers could have been way better than what they were. But they just – there's such a focal point on it because he's a catcher. It's like, we'll move him then. Platoon him. Keep him in your lineup, but only let him catch, like, X amount of days. And then what if you can get, a, like, two guys that can catch and play first base – that you can just flip-flop them, keep them both in your lineup every day. You wouldn't need a first baseman. No, you could just literally swap those guys nonstop. Like, it you just would add things to the game. Um, I am, are you surprised that Kimbrough and Keiko are still uh, free agents? Keiko, not as much. Well, yeah, both. Keiko only because he'll be cheaper than some of the other options that have already gone out, and he'll only want to sign. Or you know, you, I think you could get away with signing Keiko for like two or three years. I think I think so, we predicted so, this. I think I would. I'll see Keiko getting like a, a three year deal, like similar to like what Arietta did. Um, I don't think he'll get as much money, but he'll no. get like he'll get like a three year like sixty seventy five million dollar deal or something. So like in that, that aspect, yeah, I, I completely agree. Kimbrell is you know an elite closer. I mean, if you if you still, I think. I mean, he's still a top five closer in the league, probably. I think with him, what I think his him saying how much he wanted the six years and a hundred million that scared a lot we of teams said off. That. Yeah, that that's already, not that already handicaps a lot of teams. Yeah, because that's of not going to happen. Plays. He's, a, he's a closer. But also with him, like he had, he's been. If you look at his numbers compared to uh, to Mariano Rivera's at this point in their career, his numbers are way better than than Mo's. But I don't know, and I always thought that, and I said this last time, I think that Kimbrell can keep doing this. I just was reading some stuff about, like, his spin rates and stuff like that. Like, his spin rate has dropped. His uh, basically locating in the zone has been down. And then the because of the spin rate being down, the swings on balls in the strike zone, that percentage was way up, too. So it's like something's going on. Like, losing the spin rate and losing, like, a mile per hour, that kind of goes hand in hand. But then when he's not getting that spin rate and everybody always talks about Kimbrell's rising fastball, that backspin's what keeps that ball from dipping at all. So now if he's trying to work in high in the zone again, that means that ball is going to be coming from chest high down more to it's like more, it's right in the wheelhouse. Right in the wheelhouse. Right. So I don't know. Like I hope that he can figure out whatever's wrong with him. Like I love I love Craig Kimbrell. I would love to see him come back to the You Braves can't say that. You can't come out and but, say I think that's silly to come out and say I want this or make demands. I'm yeah, only going to take this much. Let move. your let your agent do that. Yeah, I don't that's think his it was job. A good move. I actually don't come just out and, and make demands before or, you know while you're a free agent because everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, he wants this. 
Like, I agree. Be, let's. No one's rushing to give him. What I he agree wants. with what you said. I think that that immediately scared a lot of teams off. Like a lot of teams didn't even like check in. I told you. Point, I told like, you. No. Probably it probably puts it down from what thirty two teams, or there, what three divisions of five. So there's thirty teams in yeah. baseball. So yeah, that that already cuts it down to what I said was like. Ten, less than 10? Yeah, I think it's like less than 10 teams. Less than 10 teams like are eligible. I don't so, know. so by you saying something silly and not letting your agent do the talking for you, you already eliminated 20-some teams. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know where he's going to end up. I would like to see. It could be just be him saying, I want to play for a contender. Well, Somebody one thing, that's willing to spend the money on a closer. One thing I read, and I don't remember who it was, so I can't like credit them for this, said that, it, uh, he was talking about like not playing next season if he doesn't get what he wants, and it's like that can't like that's not going to be good for you either. I mean, I understand proving a point and staying in your ground, but like that can't be good for you because no matter how much you train or what work you get in, or even if like he went overseas and played for you know a year or whatever, you're still not facing the same level of competition. Like that can't be good for you either. So I don't know. I I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to that money, but I don't know where he's going to sign either. So. That'll it doesn't be, make him look interesting. good as a closer if he won't take fifteen million a year yeah. instead of twenty. I mean, that's the thing too is like, years. what if what if one team went up to him and said, "We're going to give you one year and we're going to give you eighteen million dollars." The Yankees or twenty million dollars. I hope I fucking hope not. That's the craziest thing too. Like we didn't even discuss is all this shit went down, all these big signings. And like nothing was Yankees I was just Red Sox. About that. Yeah, nothing the, was Yankees Red Sox at all. Got the big, but the the Yankees got better. Man, they yeah. added James Paxton. They added who J A Happ. They signed. Um, resigned him. Resigned right. Uh, and he was pretty decent. They they got him at the trade deadline last he year. Pitched he, he, he pitched better well for the Yankees than he did for the Blue Jays to get them to resign him. So, um, you know, they added another closer. Who hand Brad Hand? Somebody like that. I think so. A pretty solid. Game. I mean, they're so so they're already a playoff team that won over a hundred games, and they should be even better than that. So you have two teams right now in the same division that won over a hundred games that really didn't like do that. They know, didn't do they, anything I'm, I'm drastic. Not, I'm not a big Yankees fan, but I like that they're like we'll sign some of the guys, some of the higher level guys, but we don't need a Harper. We don't need a Machado. Yeah. We already have some. Like they don't. Well, that's I, the I shift. think I heard Cashman say it. They have six outfielders. What do they that's, need Harper for? That's the biggest shift from, like, the Yankees that we watched when we were younger is now it's not, oh, we're going to pick the they top just, three yeah, guys. They just threw they've, money got, at, they've got a farm at, system. Yes. they got a good farm system now where they're growing these guys, and it's like we don't need to sign this guy when we're going to get, you know, at least six years out of this guy for what? Uh, not even a tenth of what we're gonna pay Harper right now. Like you don't see guys like that. I mean, I think Arenado. Like, what a big year for him too with hitting the uh the record for the arbitration. I think he got what twenty twenty six million dollars. I think it was like a twenty five yeah, million dollar raise in arbitration. Yeah. That didn't even matter because they ended up uh, that extension kind of negates that anyway. But like that was crazy, and you don't ever see guys. And I think that's a shitty situation to be in anyway because if you're a young player, you go in front of these guys and say. I'm worth this amount of money because I've done this. And then they get in front of you. Your team, the guys that you're playing for, say, uh, we don't really think you're worth that because of this, this, and this, and we project this. And it's like, oh, thanks for all the faith, guys. And then after this shit's done, you've got to go back out, and they're like, all right, yeah. we're going to make you the best you can be. And you're like, no, you're not. You're going to yeah. make me the best of what you think based off of this shit. Like, that just seems like a, a shitty situation altogether. Um, you want to make a prediction of, of someone that's going to sign before uh, before we do our next podcast? I can't say on Keuchel. 
I would think maybe like the Phillies because they could use one more good starter. Uh, I don't think anybody – I can't think of an American League. Well, I mean, anybody's open if he's not going to be expensive. I'm so saying – I don't think he will. Kimbrell uh, – Kimbrell to the Braves. He's going to sign with the Braves for a three- or four-year deal. Well, then he'll have to take less money than he wants. Oh, he's going to. Then that's, I, I think then that's, I, that's my prediction. I think Kimbrell's going back to the Braves. It'll be for it'll be a be year longer than we want it to be, but it'll cost them some money. But um, all right, man, huge. we uh, we're not that far from uh from the season starting. We got spring trainings already in effect. Uh, it's right around the corner, man. We got a fantasy draft to do here in the next couple weeks. I uh, don't believe that we're gonna do a whole lot of fantasy coverage. Like we're not gonna do like a whole big long drawn out uh thing about. Positional rankings. Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably discuss some of that on our next podcast, but we definitely want to do a more in depth like season season preview. Uh, Probably do like division by division. We definitely want to do that. Uh, Part of the reason I don't want to do the fantasy draft is I don't trust anybody in our league, and I don't want anybody knowing my secrets or what my uh, my draft plan is going to be. So that's my selfish reason for that. But uh, we'll uh, we'll be getting another podcast out here in the next couple weeks. So. uh, Follow us on Twitter, JagintheBox85. And I'm Matt Bechtel. Look him up through me because you can't spell that. Adios. Out.